guys from the Breakfast Club uh, become more a part of our church family. We're inviting them to play their part every bit as much uh, as anybody else. So I'm going to invite Callum uh, Spence to come just now and to read uh, for us from God's Word. Our reading today is going to be from Romans 15. So if you flick that open, it's on page 1141, if you're using the the Bible in the pew. Uh, Romans chapter 15. We're going to read the first seven verses, so uh, Callum's going to do that for us. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbour for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So with our heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Thank you, Callum. We've done a lot of welcoming here today. Um, We began with Philip welcoming Claire and I back into the the life of the church, and then we have been inviting or or welcoming um, each other back to to church life here at the start of September. We welcomed Sam and Richard uh, as they came into the church family and Emma, and we've just been welcoming the the young people from the Breakfast Club. If you haven't already felt it here today, I hope that you do feel welcome. Uh, This community is one that's open uh, to anyone, and a large part of our purpose is to to welcome new people into this part of the family of God. So I hope you felt welcome here this morning. I don't imagine for a moment that there's anything interesting or new about a church that says it wants to welcome people. Um, you see it on almost every roadside board that the churches have out there. Come on in, everyone welcome, or some version of that. And when you go to the homepage of church websites, invariably they'll tell you um, Kirkpatrick Memorial or whatever is a welcoming community. So this is the way we uh, consider ourselves and the way we talk about ourselves in church families. Truth be told, it seems to me that while almost every church talks about being welcoming, often we over-promise and under-deliver in that regard. The welcome that people find in churches often seems shallow or superficial. It consists of little more than a handshake or a polite hello at the door or in the pew. God wants more for that God wants more for his people than that. Paul urged the Christians in Rome to welcome one another in the passage that we've just read this morning. If you look at verse 7, 
you'll see there that Paul urges them in Rome to accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. We're reading the NIV together and it uses the word accept. Some other versions use the word receive. Uh, The English Standard Version uses the word welcome. So Paul wants these believers to, to welcome, accept, to receive one another. And one of the the commentaries or books I was reading this week, it described a welcome as being for another person. I like that. The idea that we open ourselves to other people and we say that no matter how different you are from me and no matter what you have done or are doing, I want the best for you. So that's what a a welcome uh, or an acceptance or receiving church family uh, might look like. Now, if that's starting to sound a little bit more like the welcome that we'd be looking for in a church family, the welcome that we'd long to see, and if that's what God's calling us to, and if it sounds so good, why, why do we not get there? Why do we not get there more, than we, more often than we do? Why don't we find this kind of a welcome in our churches? Isn't it because while we all love to receive that kind of a welcome, there's a, still a, a self-centeredness in each one of us that makes us unwilling often to, to pay the price to to face the cost that's involved in offering a welcome like that to somebody else. What we tend to do when people arrive in our community is we have a look at them and we wonder, "Will will this person make my life richer or not? And on the basis of that, we decide whether to extend a welcome. Will this person jeopardize my status in this community? If so, I'll be careful about offering a welcome. What if they end up more popular than I do? In all sorts of ways that we don't have time to delve too deeply into today, offering a real welcome is a costly business. To open our lives to others takes time and energy and much more. It takes actually a total reorientation of our lives. That's why communities that talk about being welcoming, that aspire to be welcoming, end up not being welcoming. Because the cost's too much. How could we ever do it? What what would prompt us to take those steps, to pay that price, to face the cost to open up our lives to one another in the way that Paul's talking about here. Well, Paul points us without any hesitation or delay to Jesus Christ. He asks us to remember the welcome that we've already found in him. Paul's writing here to a diverse community in Rome. They're made up of Jews and of Gentiles. The last couple of chapters in Romans have shown us that they disagree 
about a lot of things. They disagree about what kinds of food they should or shouldn't eat. They disagree about how they should celebrate holy days. Paul knows about these differences, and yet he urges them to accept one another in the way that they have been accepted in Christ. What Paul does so effectively here is that he makes the welcome we've found in in Christ the basis of the welcome that we offer to one another. Don't even think about welcoming each other until you've remembered the welcome you've found in Jesus Christ. Think of the price that he paid, the sacrifice that he made in his opening himself for us. He left a throne in heaven and was nailed to a cross. All that we might know the welcome of God. It's a matter of pure grace. And it's this same grace that that has reached out and drawn not just us, but people from different tribes and nations and races and backgrounds. And they're all coming into the kingdom of God and they've got different preferences than we do and different prejudices but Jesus has welcomed them all at such a cost to himself and now we're to welcome one another whatever the cost twice this week I was drawn to the same passage in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book Life Together where he shows how God's love for us teaches us how to love one another He says this, when God was merciful, when he revealed Jesus Christ to us as our brother, when he won our hearts by his love, this was the beginning of our instruction in divine love. When God was merciful to us, we learned to be merciful to our brothers and sisters. When we received forgiveness instead of judgment, we too we're made ready to forgive our brothers and sisters. What God did to us, we owe then to others. Bonhoeffer goes on to say something that I found quite um, challenging. Give me pause for thought. He says that the love or the welcome that we offer to others is, is a measure of how much we have experienced the welcome of God. He says, the more we received, the more we're able to give, and the more meager our brotherly love, the less we're living by God's mercy and love. God himself taught us to meet one another as God has met us in Christ. A community of people who've known God's warm welcome in Jesus Christ. Learning to welcome one another, that's that's what any church anywhere in the world ought to be. And what's the outcome when the church lives like that? Well, Paul tells us even that in this short verse. He says that God's going to be praised. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. It's when the church is full of diverse people from all sorts of backgrounds with different preferences and prejudices 
who welcome one another. It's then that the gospel shines. People see it and they bring praise to God. That, that biblical idea of people glorifying God or bringing praise to him, it seems to me that it has a very down-to-earth reality to it. People see how great God is. And they're drawn to him. That's what it means for people to praise God or to glorify him. They begin to look to Jesus and they find themselves drawn to him when they see his welcome lived out among a real community of people. Friends, this morning marks the beginning of our new church year. And we're going to talk a lot this year about the, the church life that we share, uh, the quality of our relationships, the community that God's building here. And this morning, I hope we'll set off on the right footing. Whenever Paul invites the believers in Rome to build a community that'll give glory to God, he doesn't do it on the basis of any sociological research. He doesn't do it by asking them to read a book on group dynamics. In fact, he doesn't even ask them to think about community at all, to focus on community. He asks them to focus on Jesus Christ, the one who's gathering a family around him. I need you to hear this before we set off this year. Don't let's try to build any sort of a community here. Do you get me? Don't let's us try to build anything here. Let's immerse ourselves instead in the love of Christ. Let's learn to enjoy once more and to experience deeply the welcome of God. Let's know it in our minds and in our hearts because it's only then that we'll be able to extend each other the the welcome that God wants us to do. Let's join together and pray. Father God, we know that you long for your church, the church of your son Jesus, to be a community where all are welcome and where your love is lived out before a watching world. Lord, we would love to be that kind of a community. We pray that as we set off into a new church year, you would increasingly make us into that kind of a community. Lord, guard our hearts from any sense that this could be a welcoming place simply because we're here and because we're nice people and wouldn't anybody love to be a part of it? Lord, undermine any confidence we might have in ourselves. Instead, Lord, 
Open our eyes further than ever to the kindness and grace and mercy you've shown us in Jesus. Make our hearts secure in you and in your love. And Lord, let that be the basis of our moving out and welcoming all whom you send to us. Help us to welcome one another as you have welcomed us in Jesus. Amen.